Hey, welcome to the Everyday Mulemanship Podcast. My name is Ty Evans. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Uh, before we get started, hey, if it's not too much to ask, when we are done with this podcast, I'd be very grateful if you would leave us a five-star rating and write us a review. I would really appreciate that. It sure helps us out. And, and uh, we want to share this podcast. I want to help people. And it's got to get out there a little bit more if it's going to help more people. So I appreciate that. So today, we're going to be talking about our Cave Creek Clinic. I want to do a debrief on this. These debriefs have been pretty fun so far. It's uh, it's also a great way for me to kind of, I don't know, uh, kind of decompress after some of these clinics kind of just uh, gives me a chance to kind of soak. You know, we talk about letting the mules soak and let them think about these things and let them kind of process this. And doing these debriefs has, I don't know if you guys are enjoying them or not, but I know that I am and it's helped me. And so just for that reason, I'm going to keep doing them because it's kind of helped me to slow down and think a little bit. But so Cave Creek, this was a semi-private clinic. Uh, So semi-private group clinic, meaning they're limited to to five or six people or less, and uh, you know, due to actually some last minute cancellations um, that we couldn't feel, we only ended up with four people, which is was actually pretty good. I enjoyed that. It was fun to have this little group, and w- the clinic was held at Terry and Kevin Borg's place. They have a, a beautiful second home in uh, Arizona. They're from Utah, like me. Um, but they got a nice, uh, nice home there, nice arena, nice stall set up and just a beautiful place. And, you know, uh, the clinic was, was set up in a way that, uh, pretty much every morning we'd, we'd meet up there. They had this gorgeous patio, this beautiful deck patio. I don't know what you call it, but, um, just gorgeous. And they have a, they had a pool there and a hot tub and, and, and this uh, patio kind of overlooked the arena and overlooked the valley. And, you know, every morning we'd meet there at nine o'clock and, uh, we'd, we'd sit there and we'd, we'd visit, we'd talk about mulemanship. You know, these semi-private group clinics are, are fun and they're different in a way because you get a chance to talk, you get a chance to, um, to talk philosophy and to really, um, bring your thoughts to the surface about these things. And this was a lot of fun for me. And it was nice sitting there up on that patio every morning and, and talking about this and, and sharing some of my mulemanship philosophy with these people. I don't get that chance always in these public clinic settings um, to really dive in deep on some of these topics. But here with just a group of four, it was we had the time and they wanted to hear about it, which also makes a big difference. Sometimes in the regular clinics, I'm not sure, you know, it's a mixed basket of people, so I never really know what they're into or what they would care to hear or how deep they want to go. Some people are just there to learn how to turn and stop their mule, and some people are really there um, to dive deeper, but I don't know that. But here at these semi-private clinics, I can dive deep, and it was fun. You know, every morning we talked about, okay, what what did each participant want to work on? What problems were they having? What do they need help with? We talked about, um, you know, everything – one of the big conversation was how to make the right thing easier. And this is such an important topic. And I've, and I've discussed it before in podcasts previous, but just to 
go over it again, you know, everybody's now pretty much heard, you know, make the right thing easy, wrong thing difficult. And this is pretty famous, pretty well known. Um, you know, something that Ray Hunt taught and shared and spread throughout the world. And now it's almost a, a regular thing. You hear that pretty much in any horsemanship circle, make the right thing easy, wrong thing difficult. And uh, this was a topic I really wanted to dive into with these people because it's so crucial. It's crucial to success that you make the right thing easier. And uh, we've all learned about pressure and release. You've heard about that. and You don't have to be into horses or mules too long before you hear about pressure and release. And, you know, something I learned from Martin Black that I like to apply, he changes the word from release to relief. So pressure and relief. And he talks about how you can't have, uh, pressure won't be effective without relief and relief won't be effective without pressure. And it's kind of just the same thing with life too. You got to have sadness to have joy and you got to have some joy to have sadness and be able to understand those differences. I think that's why we're here too. You know, and um, we had a great conversation about this. And, and what I did with every all the participants is we, we went around the circle and I said, Okay, what what did you what what's your problem? Give me one problem you're having, one issue you're having, or something that you're having a hard time with. And then they'd tell me, okay, um, my meal doesn't back up very good. Okay, all right. How can we make it easier? How can you make it easier for your meal to back up? What can we do? And we started breaking down those steps. How how we could make it easier? Well, maybe we could get the hindquarters a little looser. Maybe we could shift the hinds back and forth, and then teeter them back and find it. Maybe, you know, we, we uh, bounce ideas off each other. The other person said, oh, I, I'm having a real hard time with transitions. My mule doesn't want to lope circle and hold that circle. Okay, well, we'll work on that. How, how can we make it easier to do that? And we discussed it, and that was really fun. And it's a great exercise for you guys to do at home, too, with just, just with yourself. Have your problem. Write it down on a piece of paper. Okay, my problem is turning left um, on the forehand, uh, turning right on the haunches. Whatever it is, write it down water crossing, whatever it might be, write it down and then go through it and say, how can I make it easier for the mule to do this? How can I help the mule find relief when they, when they do this? There's got to be some relief there or else the mule is not going to be interested in it. So it has to be there. So we did this one day. The next day we talked about balance and we talked you know, balance ideas. How how can balance affect your riding? You know, how you how does the way you sit in that saddle affect the way you're riding? And um, it, it affects it a lot. If you didn't know, it affects it quite a bit. And we talked about that. And so this is kind of how it went for for the four days. Every morning. And uh, these clinics were set up that, like I said, every morning we met and we we had some discussion and some talk where we could just focus on each other, not worry about the mules or anything, just focus on each other. And then we, uh, you know, you know that maybe last an hour or two, and then we'd go ride for about an hour or two, and then we'd have a lunch break. We'd come back out in the afternoon, we'd ride for another hour or two, and then we'd finish each session each day on a short trail ride. And this was a good way for them just to relax and take it easy and just kind of slow down and, and kind of, Kind of digest everything they learned that day. And that was a lot of fun to be able to do that. And, you know, just kind of at the end of the day, just ride and, and think and process. You need that process time. 
So we also had a really bad incident um, on the second day. So Terry and Kevin Borg, they're the ones that hosted this. And Terry, Terry was the one that, uh, she was the main one hosting this really and putting this together and inviting us out. And Terry had a, has a mule named Ruger. And uh, she, this mule's pretty new to her. And, uh, you know, she came to my clinic last week in Sayurita, uh, Arizona. And uh, so she was getting back-to-back clinics, which is great. But last week, she'd been dealing with this Ruger wanting to run off with her. And, and, and it wasn't that big a deal. And she handled it really well. And it's not like it was going to be fixed in three days. So we come to this clinic, and she's still dealing with the same issue. It's not gone. And you can't expect an issue like that to be gone quickly. So she's working on this little bolting deal. And, and sometimes the mule would just kind of grab its butt and kind of trot off. And other times it would grab its butt and run off. And she was handling it great. Terry's a really good rider. And I don't think she gives herself enough credit. But she is a good rider. And she can, she's doing a lot of good. And, and uh, if she wasn't, I would have told her otherwise. But... You know, on day two, this mule kind of really took off. And um, this time it kind of tipped Terry back a little bit. You know, and anytime these mules or horses run off and you guys, you know, when they run off, they're going there with or without you. So you need to ride. You got to be ahead. You got to ride. You got to stay ahead. And this mule got her behind, meaning her shoulders got behind her hips and it kind of tipped her head back, tipped her chin back, kind of popped her neck a little bit, popped her chin up. And and then when it when she kind of came back and tried to get forward, it kind of scared the mule again. So it did a second surge. And I think Terry realized that she was way out of shape. And at that point, she lets out this horrific scream. And the mule's running up the side of the arena along the rail. And it is running pretty good. But it ran long enough that she could scream take a breath and scream again. And because she was behind and because she was basically in complete terror, she she wasn't being thoughtful, wasn't able to think through this and slow down. And, and since she was behind too, when that mule made the turn, made the bend up at the top of the arena, she couldn't, she couldn't hang with it. And she came off and she came off hard and she skidded hard in the dirt. And she actually skidded so hard and so far she, she went halfway under the panel, so half her body was inside the arena, half her body was outside the arena. That's how far she had skidded through there, and, and she hit hard, and she was she was down. And um, so, you know, we jump off and get over there to help her and assess the situation, and and she's conscious, and she's talking, everything like that. That's good. And trying to get her to breathe and relax as best as she can and trying to evaluate where she's hurt and set her shoulder hurt. And um, so we were being real careful with that shoulder. And I thought the way it looked, it looked like it was dislocated, but I wasn't sure. I'm no doctor or medical expert at all. Um, but I've seen a lot of dislocated arms, including my own, multiple times. Um, but uh, she was hurt pretty good. And so we got her gathered up, and she was able to get up and walk and, and uh, go get in the car. And Kevin took her to the hospital. And, and, in the meantime, Ruger, you know, she come off of Ruger, and uh, Ruger's over there in the corner of the arena just basically shaking. He's scared to death. You know, when you guys come off these mules, it, I know it's traumatic for you. I know it is. But it is probably more traumatic to that animal. 
And there's a lot going on here that needs to be discussed. And, and, and I, I don't know how deep I want to go here on this podcast, but I have the time, so I'm going to take it. You know, when you, when that mule was wanting to scoot and run off, it's basically telling you it's looking for some comfort and it's not there with you. It's looking for comfort elsewhere. And the mule feels the need to flee the scene. It's got to go. It's got to get out of there. It's got to go find something better. And a mule like that is on the instinct. And we've talked about getting them on, you know, when they're on the instinct or when they're on the think, when they're a thoughtful. The difference between a, a reactive mule like Ruger and a responsive mule, one that thinks and processes a little bit, uh, a little bit more keenly. Um, Anyways, when they're whenever they're running off with you guys, they're not thinking. You just need to know that they're not thinking. That's a complete instinctual response to find comfort to get away from the pressure. So what was happening a lot of times is anytime Terry would ask this mule a question, okay, slide down the rein, move her leg, shift in the seat. Anytime she'd ask any question of Ruger, this mule would grab its butt and just kind of you know sometimes it would just stand in place and kind of spook. What was happening continually was he would do this and it would kind of cause Terry to hesitate. And that's, you know, that's given, that's going to happen. But she'd ask a question and the mule would respond this way and cause her to hesitate. And, you know, watching Terry even take a drink out of her water bottle, she's real careful taking a drink out of that water bottle. Doesn't want to, doesn't want to upset the mule. Anyways, so this mule is basically on the instinct and, and doesn't get asked a lot of questions. So therefore, it doesn't have the opportunity to think through it and answer a question. So this was happening continually. And basically, they have a limit. So this meal spooks and spooks and spooks and spooks and until finally, it just can't take it. And, and that's when it runs off. Okay. So it's important. And I hear this all the time. Out of the clear blue, my meal ran off with me, ran off with me. Out of the clear blue, it bucked me off. No, it didn't. I promise you it didn't. Now, you may not have noticed um, all the signs, and that's okay. That's what people like me are here for is to help you learn the signs and, and read that and try to be better there. But there's nothing out of the clear blue. You need to know that. So basically, as she's going through working with this mule last week and this week, and she said it had ran off with her one time before out on the trail, um, before I, you know, before the clinics or whatever. So it's, it's, it's been building up, building up, building up. And, you know, this really traumatized Terry and, and you can see why she got hurt pretty good. And she actually ended up with, she, she fractured her shoulder and she fractured her, uh, her pelvis and she got a concussion and thank goodness she had a helmet on because that would have been a bit worse if she didn't have her helmet on there. It might've done a little bit more damage, you know, but, um, you know, this is pretty traumatizing to her. And I'm trying to tell her that, you know, you've, you've rode through this runway multiple times. It's just this time you weren't, you weren't ahead of it and you didn't get past it and you came down. The mule ran away and you fell off. And as I'm talking about this, it's real hard because she's emotional and she's hurt and she's injured and mentally also shaken. And, you know, you got to give, you got to give them the benefit of the doubt when they're like that, you know, let them process, let them soak, let them think on it. And, you know, she's saying, uh, I don't want, I don't want to ride that mule ever again. And I don't blame her at all. I don't blame her at all, but I explained something to her. So back to 
her falling off. She, she, she came off, she fell off and, and then, you know, Kevin took her to the hospital and, uh, I see Ruger over there in the corner of the arena, just basically shaking, trembling. He's worked up. His, his eyes are about as wide as they can get. He's, he's worried. And like I said earlier, you know, when, when you guys come off these mules, it's, it's almost more traumatic to them than it is to you. Because when they go on that instinct, they're not thinking of you as a human. And this is really hard for you to fathom. And as you're listening to this, you may not be able to picture this. Don't feel bad. You might have to chew on this, listen to it again and chew on it some more. But when they run off, you are not a human to them. You you are a predator to them. So you got to think as predatory pre, predator and prey instincts. Don't think as our human, um, you know, thoughtful, cognitive calculations. They they don't they're not like that in that sense. So that mule's scared. You're just a predator on its back. It's got to flee the scene. It survived. In this case, Ruger survived, got the predator off its back. And it, like I was telling Terry, it had nothing to do with you. The mule didn't want you off its back. It wanted to be safe. And when it runs off and you're there, it, it's, it doesn't, they don't, they don't have that cognitive ability to sort you out from the predator when they're on that instinct-driven flight like that. Okay, so I don't want to leave a mule like this ever. And, you know, the old cowboy stuff, the old West stuff, you know, when you get bucked off, get back on. You fall off, get back on. Go back in the saddle and ride. And that's, that doesn't mean get back on that same animal. It wouldn't have done Terry any good to get back on Ruger right there. Obviously, she's physically not able to, really. She can't. And, you know, in that case, Ruger was was so wound up that doesn't really apply to this. You know, it doesn't work like that. I did tell Terry, you know, when she she should find out when the date that she's going to, you know, her bones are going to be healed up and she should make a date with herself to get on. She's got another great mule there named Levi that Kevin rode for the clinic. But she should get back on that mule, that the other mule, and, and make that date right when she's better. Just get back on. That's the get back on again and ride stuff. It doesn't mean you have to get back on the one that dusted you off. Okay, sorry. I'm I, I'm going down lots of rabbit holes here and, and I'm getting a little lost here in my thoughts back to Ruger being scared in the corner of the arena. So I don't want to leave him like this. It's not good to, to leave all that, all that stress, all that cortisol in the system, all that worry in the system in the system. I need to help him out. So I go get a hold of him and I go, I just start with the groundwork. Actually, I unsaddle him first with take off a Terry saddle. I put my saddle on and my gear on and uh, I'm going to go through the groundwork here. So I go through the groundwork. And as I'm going through the groundwork, I'm realizing that, oh, my gosh, Terry would have better luck riding Dally. You guys have been following along with the Dally Diary. She's a cult. I'm working. Just green. Doesn't know anything. Just just a cult. I'm like, Terry would have better luck riding this cult that knows nothing that's never been ridden than riding this mule Ruger. He has no clue how to lead. The mule does not know how to lead. They can't clear the front. You can't get a stinking circle going. He's blocking you the whole time. He's pushing me the whole time, trying to run me over the whole time, trying to blow back. And and granted, he is scared. you you got to give him that fact. He, he is scared. So he's not exactly in a great frame of mind um, to really get some quality work out of. But I'm, I'm going through the motions, trying to help him think, come off of the instinct and think. I want them to think. So we're working through this. I'm doing the groundwork. And, and he's coming down. He's coming down. But still, he's having a miserable time trying to move these feet. And 
you know, before I get on a colt or, or any mule at all, my, my rule, I made this rule myself a couple years ago. I will not get on a mule ever again now until I can, uh, basically clear the front, get a circle going, roll the hinds, roll the front on the ground. If I can't do those basic baby weanling steps, I'm not interested in riding that thing. I could barely get those done. And the only reason I think that I'd actually get on Ruger is because I had seen Terry ride them. So I, I got through those steps just barely. And like I said, if I, if I didn't know this mule and this is just a mule I just picked up and there's no way I would have got on it the way it led and the way it handled on that lead rope. Not to mention the tension, that mule, there was no softness there. The mule wasn't looking for that slack rein. So I'm seeing now Terry's basically had to operate by pulling on this thing and, you know, and, and there's no softness there. So I'm working through this, trying to get this sorted out. And I get it, like I said, barely to where I can get on and I, I get on it and I'm, and I'm only in the saddle, but a couple moments in it. And I start to walk and it, it just takes off with me. He just takes right off. So he's still on that flight. By the way, all this has been filmed and I just need to voice over it and put it on my video library. It'll be up on the video library um, within the next couple of days of me releasing this episode. I just got to voice over and, and upload it. But um, so you can see everything I'm talking about here. So it takes off with me and, and, and he is just, for about a couple seconds, he just runs off and he there's no control. Well, I just go with him. Remember when they run off, you can't do anything about it other than go with them. And, and the quicker you figure that out in your brain, the quicker you can get something done by realizing that you can't do anything in the first couple seconds. So I just go with him. And then after he kind of comes down a little bit, I just keep him going. And I'm trying to lope a circle. And this dude, he can't hardly lope a circle, which brings me back to my statistic that I brought forth, I did my studies a couple years ago on this. Every mule, and this is 100%, you guys, this is 100%, the study I did, 100%. Every mule that ran off with people, that bolted, every single one of them, 100%, the owners either told me, A, they're not very good at transitions, or B, they never practice transitions. I asked Terry, how much, how much do you work on transitions? She says, never. I just trail ride. So right there, there's some serious evidence for you guys. If you're having a mule, that, difficulties with a mule wanting to bolt and run away with you or whatever, transitions, people. You got to work on them. Even if you are just a trail rider, which is one of those terms that I feel really bad that people say that. It's like a cop out. Why well, just trail ride? So therefore, I have permission to to die in the wilderness that's no you, you need to work on stuff no matter where you're at anyways so i'm trying to just lope a circle i can't hardly, and you'll see this in the video i can't hardly lope a circle on this mule i can't even trot a circle on this mule um there, there's no control there whatsoever so i mean i'm thinking well no wonder terry couldn't get anything done this mule has no clue how to turn how to lope a circle how to how to trot a circle it can't do any of that so no wonder and these pieces are coming together. You know, I can see a lot by watching people, and I can see probably 80% of what's going on, but there's that 20% where I need to get on that mule and feel of it and work with it myself, and that was what I was finding here. And as I'm riding this mule, I'm just feeling so bad for Terry having to work with this. But, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And 
she didn't know that there could be something different or something better. And that's what I'm there for is to help her with that. Anyway, so as I'm working with Ruger, this session is about 40 minutes, 45 minutes session that I'm working with him. And finally I get him to come down a little bit. In the meantime, you know, Terry and Kevin, they're headed to the hospital. And I got two other participants. A good friend of mine named Janet Heslin from Wyoming was there. Another great friend from Oklahoma, Vicki Russell, was there at the clinic. And these two great ladies are there watching me work through this and watching me sort through this. And, and um, you know, this is also taking into their, their clinic time, right? I'm working with this mule. But luckily, they're, they're great students of the mule. And they, they were happy to learn and watch. But... I finally get Ruger to come down and relax where I can just walk around on a loose rein and uh, bring him back down, end him right. And I did that, took the saddle off, and, and then these two ladies and I went for out for a, our trail ride to finish up the session. And we kind of debriefed about that scenario, what happened. And, you know, we talked about how these animals are, these animals are very pattern-driven animals. They do the same thing. There's a lot of myths out there that, oh, the mule doesn't like to do the same thing over and over. It gets bored. And that's just such a bunch of baloney, right? If, you, if you've been around a mule at all, you'll see that they are very pattern-driven. They like to do the same thing over and over again. And so as I'm riding this mule, I'm finding these patterns. And every time we'd basically be facing toward the gate and I'd change anything in my body, that's when the mule would take off, always running back toward the gate. So as I was working with this mule, I was telling these ladies that it wasn't only just running off I was dealing with and the mule not knowing how to lope or trot, really. I was also dealing with quite a bit of herd bound. And we, so we had to mix in the herd bound exercises as I'm going through this too, making it easier to be down to the bottom of the arena and making it a little bit more difficult to be closer to that gate. We was going through this whole process too. And... Um, if you guys get a chance to watch that video on the video library, it'll show you a lot of a lot of really good info. And like I said, I'll have that up there hopefully in a day or two after me uh, publishing this podcast episode. So the next couple days, we, you know, day three was a little weird because uh, ter- for one, Kevin, you know, he he was kind of tired. You, you could tell he was. He had a lot on his mind because Terry was in the hospital. And, uh, you know, you can't have visitors. It's just ridiculous. They can't have visitors in the hospital. So she's in there by herself, and Kevin's, you know, there with us, really. He's like, well, I can't, you know, I'm not going to sit in the parking lot. And they can't sit in the weight room, and they can't be there with Terry. So he came back, and he did the clinic. And, but I could tell a little bit was wearing on him. You know, and, and for Janet and Vicky, you could tell that, you know, when you see somebody getting a bad wreck, it, it does affect you, you guys. And it's okay to admit that. It does affect you because you see this. And and you do think, hey, that could be that could have been me, too. You know, that, that could be me. And so we had a good chat. And, and we're working. And I'm trying to get him lightened up. And toward the, the last half of that third day, things did lighten up. And, and, and it was better. And they were doing good. And they were working hard and, and making some good progress, you know. Day four was the best day of all of the days. I just wish Terry could have been there for it. Um, but it was a great day. We, you know, we got into some mulemanship two stuff in this class. We, we got to where we, you know, mulemanship two, we do a lot of cone patterns and a lot of refining exercises. And we had a chance to, to do this on day four and, and, uh, really solidify a lot of things. You know, it, it was, it was good. It was really good. So, 
you know, I think that's, uh, that's kind of my thoughts on the, the debrief right now. Um, you know, I, I have all these notes written down, things I wanted to talk about. And, um, but that wreck, the wreck of Terry's was, I guess the main thing that I wanted to discuss and to finish up this episode, I wanted to talk about my final conversation with Terry and Kevin. So Saturday night after the clinic is over, Kevin and Terry, you know, Terry, had, she came home now from the hospital and was there in her house and her and Kevin wanted to visit with me about this whole Ruger deal. Well, basically what to do. And, and I know a lot of you listening may have been in this position as well. You know, well, I just had a wreck. What do I do? And this is really hard. One side of me says, you know what? I will help you with whatever you need. If you are willing to work with this mule and you want to help this mule, you want to get through this problem, I will help you. I will be there for phone calls. I will be there for FaceTime videos, for Zoom videos. I'll be there for your emails. I'll be there for your questions. And I will help you step by step all the way so you can help this mule. That's that's the one side of me, okay, you guys? The other side of me says, geez, you know what? There's a lot of really great animals out there. And if, you know, and, and I know, I mean, it's just been proven way too many times, y'all. The mule will rise or fall to your level of experience and confidence. So Ruger here, this mule needed more experience and more confidence from these people, from Terry and Kevin. He needs more of that. And Terry's thinking, I'm done. And so along with that, I'm done. You know, I told her, you know, you, you've kind of made that choice a little early. I, th- I think you should think on that a little bit more. I'm not saying that you, you should get back on this meal right now. But I am I was telling her, Ruger is not a problem mule. And this is so important. Ruger is not a problem mule. He's an uneducated mule. He's just simply uneducated. He doesn't know how to think. He's on the instinct. That's all it is. And it's our responsibility as humans, as riders, to help that mule, to educate that mule. And I know a lot of you listening are like, nope, she ought to get rid of that mule. Okay, well, you don't jump too quick. You, you know, this is this is why the mule ran off in the first place is there wasn't a lot of thought beforehand. So there needs to be some thinking going on here. Now, Kevin, her husband, says, you know what, Ty, what about me? Do you think I can handle this meal? Do you think I can work with this meal? And I said, how you are right now, Kevin? No. And I was very honest with him. I said, no. I mean, you're fine with the groundwork, but the writing work, he, Kevin is new. He's green. He's inexperienced. But the cool thing about Kevin, and this is this is the key right here, is he wants to be better. He wants to learn. He wants to figure it out. And just because of that attitude, he will have more success than somebody that didn't have that attitude. I guarantee it. You know, but I was telling him, the level you are right now, neither of you would be helping Ruger at all. You need to, your level. Your level needs to be higher. You need to have more knowledge and more experience and more confidence. And um, the other hard thing about this too, and and thank goodness Terry and Kevin are such good people. They're considering, you know, letting this mule go. And they said, well, you know, we can't sell this mule. This mule can't have a price tag if we move it you know, find a, a new home because it's, we don't want this to happen to somebody else. And, and I just wanted to give him such a big hug right there because thank goodness there's so many people that a wreck happens and now 
they want what they've paid for it because they paid for it. It's like the money doesn't change, but you know, the way the mule is right now, it's not worth anything monetary wise. And that's where some of you might disagree with me, but you know, I'm the same as Terry and Kevin. I wouldn't sell a a mule that had those issues. That's going to run off with somebody. I can't put a price tag on that. Um, So they're in a little bit of pickle. And I just told him, you know what? Take your time. Think about this. In the meantime, Kevin, he's totally capable of doing the groundwork with Ruger. So go ahead and do the groundwork with Ruger. Keep riding his other mule, Levi. It's a great riding mule. Keep riding it. Keep learning. Keep getting better. And at some point, if they want to work Ruger, they want to move on and, and do more, they can. Maybe they can hire a professional trainer. Maybe they just give it to somebody. I don't know. There's lots of choices to be made. But the one thing for sure is after you have a wreck, I told Terry, don't make any decisions right now. Think about it. Don't make um, – and, and also, there's something that we talked about on Saturday night too. I call them shock thoughts. Shock thoughts are when something happens and you, you make immediate decisions. And you see people do this all the time. Maybe a spouse dies and, you know, the, 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 the living spouse – all of a sudden goes and buys a new truck or buys a new house or or makes some big decision and then they come back to regret it. Those are shock thoughts. Um, In this situation, a mule that runs off and she just got hurt, she just got injured, Terry did, you know, and wanted to just get rid of this mule, just be done. And even she wanted to be done riding. I'm done riding. And this is a good rider. This is a great rider, a a great equestrian, a a great uh, horsewoman, mule woman. And she's wanting to be done. And those are shock thoughts. Those are not valuable thoughts. Those don't do you any good. Don't don't respond to shock thoughts. Give it some time. Make decisions later. There's no hurry. There's no hurry. You don't have to do anything right now. So, All right. Well, I know this debrief was not near as fun as some of the others. Um, but there's a lot of lessons there. And I hope uh, you found some benefit there. A lot of thoughts um, with this whole endeavor. Maybe I'll sort them out. Maybe I'll think about them and chew on them a little bit and maybe talk about more of these on another episode. But um, it it was a great clinic. It, it did end up good, you know, minus the big accident. It was a great clinic. You know, Janet Heslin from Wyoming, she brought two mules. She brought a mule named Jody and she brought a mule named Loretta Lynn. Jody is a green mule, very, very green. Loretta Lynn is a bridal mule. And so it was really fun working with Janet with two mules, complete different ends of the spectrum. So she had tons of work to do. And we got a lot done. And just, uh, and Janet is a hard worker. Janet is, uh, you know, very mentally tough and very, uh, very motivated. Um, really just a cool lady. And it was fun watching her work, you know. And then Vicki Russell from Oklahoma, she brought her mule bear. And, and she's brought bear to a few clinics with me. And so I know her well. I know the mule well. And it, it's always fun to work with people that you've been around with a bunch and with the same mule. That is that is my favorite thing in the clinics, you guys, is when you bring the same mule back. And I can see the progress. And I can give you the next piece and the next piece and the next piece. This stuff never ends. And there's just I don't get that chance a lot to help people work with the same mule continually. So whenever I do, and it, it doesn't happen all the time, but when it does happen, it's a treat and I enjoy it. So 
and Vicky, she did great with Bear. You know, she made a lot of progress and a lot of stuff was starting to click with her. And it's, it's fun to see those light bulb moments for people, you know, making little changes, little adjustments with your seat position, little adjustments with your rein position, little adjustments, you know, um, with your legs and where you're looking and how you pick up and respond to everything. It was fun to work with these amazing people. So it was a good week, but, uh, anyways, thank you for listening. You guys, um, looking forward to the next, uh, clinic debrief. Uh, right now I'm, I'm recording this from Sedona, Arizona. I'm hanging out up in, uh, they call this the, uh, the clubhouse, the bunkhouse, whatever, um, recording this. And, uh, I'm going to have a great debrief from this clinic, another semi-private group clinic. Um, Got a lot of good people coming to this. A lot of people I've known for a long time. So we're going to have some good stuff to talk about next week. Looking forward to it. So, hey, like I said earlier, if you if you can, if you have time, I would really be grateful if you'd leave me a review. Let me know what you think of these podcasts. If you think I'm worth it, leave five stars. I'd be very grateful. And don't forget to share this podcast and tell your friends. Uh, and we're very grateful for you taking the time to listen. So God bless, and we will see you down the road.